If I gave a fuck what y'all think, y'all think I would be doing this? Welcome to the FMFU podcast. The podcast is from me for us. Vulgar but true, real and never fake. I'm your host Ayo Reese and I've got a lot of shit on my mind today so let's get into it. Happy Friday people. I'm back today hitting you with an all new exciting episode of the From Me For Us podcast. Last week I discussed how it was great because it was a shortened work week but this past week has had a lot more going on. Well to start the wind was blowing something crazy that I witnessed at least four people who will need new paint jobs because the car door parked next to them swung open very fast and scratched the shit out of the vehicle when the person opened the car. I guess a lot of chicks weren't lying when they said that the wind almost blew one of y'all baby daddies in a lap. Also, top of that, in other norms of the everyday life, after a long super hiatus, a nigga finally made it back into the gym. Yeah. You know, I told myself... It's time to get back to getting it in because summer will be here before you know it. So um, it's time we start getting in the process of uh, trying to look like a G.I. Joe action figure. Starting is always the hardest part, though. I mean, I'm fucking sore as shit. Like, <laughs> and, and I'm not surprised because, I mean, I've done this before, like multiple times where I've stopped and had to go back in. But like when I'm literally tell you, it's been like, I don't know, three days or four days. And I cannot straighten my arms all the way to fuck out for nothing. Like, I'm walking around like if I'm trying to flex. And it just, it fucking sucks. But you know what? That's why it's always the hardest part. But the main thing is, I came up with a plan so that, you know, I'll still be able to, you know, do what I want. But also be able to get it in all at the same time. But before I dealt, you know, with the crazy wind and, you know, began my journey back to looking like an action figure this past Monday. The Oscars came on on Sunday night. Now, what's shitty about that is that, you know, anytime there's anything coming on on Sunday when it's a big event, ABC is the channel it came on. So they didn't show any Sunday afternoon NBA basketball and any other channel isn't going to show anything really either because it's going to fuck with their ratings. Minus like main premium cable channels who, for example, Showtime, they still show a new episode of Shameless, um, you know, because of the, you know, fucking Oscars and shit. Trash as fuck. Right. But I mean, I get it. It makes total sense, you know. Fox doesn't air any shows during the two weeks that could potentially be a seven-game series for the World Series. And, like I said, nobody shows any new of fucking anything during the fucking Super Bowl. But as it does every year, the hostless Oscars, it premiered on Sunday. Now, I dropped a lot of gems about the fucking Oscars back in episode 14, which was titled F the Oscars. And it basically told about how I felt about the Oscars. And also, it gave a little bit of insight on how the nomination process occurs. If you're new to the pod and haven't listened, I highly suggest you check that out first before listening. On a sidebar, if you're new to the pod, you should start at episode one and make your way to episode 34. Think of it like reading a uh, comic book series, you know what I mean? But anyways, instead of backtracking and continuing saying of F the Oscars, I want to actually take the time to highlight all of the black Oscar winners. 
Regina King won Best Supporting Actress for If Bill Street Could Talk. <laughs> Mahershala Ali won Best Supporting Actor for Green Book. <laughs> Spike Lee finally, finally won an Oscar after all of these damn years. He won it for Best Adapted Screenplay for Black Klansman. Ruth Carter won Best Costume Design for Black Panther. Hannah Beachler, along with another white guy who's not important because we're talking about black over here, won Best Production Design for Black Panther. And Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse won Best Animated Film, which features Shameik Moore as the main character of Miles Morales. So we're going to count that as a black win as well. And I will say this. I just watched Into the Spider-Verse this past Monday. Yo, the animation on that shit is fucking fire. Like, it's like some shit I don't think I've ever seen before. So I'm not surprised, especially from what I was hearing when it first came in theaters and I heard a lot of people reviewing it. I'm not surprised that it won an award. So, you know, that's just how it should be. And of course, everybody knows Spider-Man been my favorite superhero. So that's always a dub for me. So if you count them up all together, that's six black oscar winners compared to last year when there were only two which were jordan peele winning best original screenplay for get out and kobe bryant winning best animated short film for dear basketball i won't say until this day that the oscars are for us but i'm always willing to take the progress big shout out to ruth carter who was an alum of my university the illustrious hampton university always got to show love to hu hell all hbcus to be real hampton and howard we always have this little fake quote-unquote beef but we all as HBCUs need to stick together because the PWIs won't back us or do they hardly even respect us? You know how hard it is how for me not to dog somebody when I always have to fucking explain to them what an HBCU is. But speaking of explaining, can someone explain me this? Why the fuck was Jennifer Hudson toe so blasted on the red carpet? So I didn't watch the Oscars, but I saw this pic online and you know the internet works real fucking fast. And uh, this pic was online and it was a pic of Jennifer Hudson on the red carpet. But in the picture, or the meme or whatever, it had the arrows, these red arrows, and it was pointed at her feet. And the arrows were pointing at them to point out the fact that this girl had on some open-toed heels, but she had on no polish and had two corns on her shit. Now, <laughs> now look. I'm not a foot fetish nigga or anything crazy like that. But ladies, especially celebrity ladies, I feel like they should understand. There's rules to this shit. Who the fuck wears open toe shoes with no polish on, especially to a prestigious fucking event like the Oscars? I mean, that's a big ass fucking event. Now that I think about it, I don't think that could have been the worst thing she could have done. I mean, it's pretty fucking bad, but I don't think it could have been the worst. The worst thing that could have been done is wearing chipped fucking nail polish. Yo, that is like the biggest nails and shit. Like that is like the biggest fucking pet peeve of mine. Like that shit makes that irks my soul so fucking bad you don't understand like even for myself as a man like if i see i got dirt in my nails like i'm quick to find like a piece of paper to fold up or a corner of a book or something like i gotta get that shit out like that shit bothers me so bad i, I fucking i cannot stand it and i've always been one that said that you know 
Wearing chip nail polish means, you know, you look basic as fuck. I feel like you look dirty. And I feel like you'll probably steal from me. I also feel that it means, you know, you probably have piss names on the bottom of your toilet seat because you means you have a lot of niggas over your crib who you let smash. Oh. And then when they take a piss when they're done, the piss hits the fucking water and hits the bottom of the fucking toilet seat. Point is, when it comes to your fucking feet, all the other shit, if you want to wear them out, if your shit ain't done, keep the motherfucking dogs put up. Period. I read an article the other day that was kind of interesting, but it also made me say, what the fuck? There was a report the other day that an unvaccinated French boy was suspected of bringing measles back to Costa Rica, which is a country which has been free of the disease for five years. The five-year-old boy arrived with his parents for vacation on February 18th, and the child's mother, who also wasn't vaccinated, consulted a private doctor about his rash and confirmed that other children in his school had contracted measles. The boy was then quarantined at the hospital, and then I guess the Ministry of Health, I think it is, they said that, they said uh, authorities began contacting people he may have exposed the virus to both, you know, in Costa Rica and in France. You know, all I got to say about this story is that that shit is that's fucking bullshit. And, you know, I I know the times go on and people get all these fucking conspiracy theories and shit like that. Like like I see people all the time on Facebook talking about posting these memes about, oh, you're injecting your child with all this stuff that you don't know about. Oh, you can just have the herbal way. Oh, don't vaccinate. I don't vaccinate my kids. Blah, blah, fucking blah. But the people in this thinking, I'm just like, well, what? Why the fuck are you thinking like this? I feel like it only comes from them thinking that, you know, it's woke not to vaccinate like people who had this fucking thought process half the information they get about it is from fucking fake pages or fucking facebook memes that they just quote as the meme bible as i quoted a long time ago but i will say this i am a firm believer in background agendas by the government i mean you know shows like scandal exist for a reason right i mean you get the fucking idea from somewhere i mean conspiracy theories whatever else that happens so we know that they have agendas but choosing not to vaccinate your child from harmful diseases such as measles that's just highly fucking irresponsible think about how times were were now compared to like back in the day the life expectancy for human beings that shit has risen drastically over the years i think back in the 1900s it was said that the world average was like age 31 in the 1900s and then the world average as of the 2010s is an average of 71. So part of it, we can attribute it to, you know, advances in technologies. Let's say houses that we know we have heat. We have gas heat and stuff. So it helps us survive the cold, um, you know, air conditioning and central air that, you know, helps us uh, survive the heat, uh, better transportation. Um, we know we're not riding around like fucking Red Dead Redemption and having to set up camp and shit. You know what I'm saying? So stuff like that does make life easier and safer but at the same time there's one thing that will forever live on is nature and disease like do you think it's a coincidence that people are surviving longer and that there are less measles outbreaks in the united states like do you think this is because of fruits and berries and natural remedies like i think these natural remedies that people talk about i think there are things that you know help us out I mean, they say drink orange juice and things to help boost your immune system, uh, you know, vitamin C tablets, um, different things like that. I think that that all makes sense. I drink a glass of orange juice every day. And for the most part, I'm OK. But you're not going to sit here and tell me that 
more people are surviving from measles, mumps, pneumonia, and other issues by using only natural remedies. It's not happening. Medicine is here to help people. Everybody need to fucking recognize that. If you're like me, when you're riding in your car, you sometimes get to a point where you don't feel like finding music to listen to or playing DJ, so you just put your iPhone on shuffle. The thing about me shuffling my iPhone is that I always catch myself hitting the skip button like 10 times until I find a song that I'm in the mood to listen to. Even though I know I can scroll up and all the songs will be there and I can just click one, I still hit next, 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 next. Lots of times the song I want to listen to are songs stretcher from like my elementary school days to maybe even my high school days. And sometimes I think I'd rather listen to that instead of some of the newer stuff that comes on because the newer shit is always on the fucking radio. Sometimes when I'm riding with my kid, though, it's funny, like, I'll just think and I'm just like, damn, yo, like this song came out way before you was born. But then I just immediately laugh to myself like, damn, this is the same shit grownups used to tell me back when I was a kid riding in the car and they were listening to music that dropped like 16 years before then. You don't know about this, youngster. <laughs> damn, I sound fucking old. But, you know, some of the old shit, like older people when we were younger used to consider the classics. It's it's a big circle in how the what they call it in Lion King, the circle of life. It's the same fucking shit. We got a lot of older artists that we think used to put out classics that still bump to this day. Word to back that ass up, cash money. And uh there was a twenty year anniversary last what was that? I don't know how many days ago, but it was the twenty fourth. It was a twenty year anniversary of Back That Ass Up. And I will tell you, Back That Ass Up by Juvenile produced by Manny Fresh featuring Lil Wayne and well featuring Manny Fresh too is the most important and the greatest song of all time I don't give a fuck what nobody say it 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 just if you a music motherfucking listener especially matter of fact there's this um thing on YouTube the Genius Channel and they talk with Manny Fresh about how he made the beat and everything if you a music lover and I don't mean you just only listen for bars and bullshit and you really like watch that shit that that shit is fucking fire but so point is you know we love some of our old artists and they still have bangers one old artist who had bangers back in the day was this nigga ja rule ja rule had countless hits back in the day and i mean he was somewhat the cookie monster version of drake before there was a drake but you know people you know we seem to say like you know fuck those hits at one point in time because in 2003 50 Cent came on the scene with his debut album, Get Rich or Die Trying. And this album essentially made the what have you done for me lately thinking people as we are deem that he killed Ja's career because any album Ja put out after that was not as successful as his first three before 50 came on the scene. As years go on, 50 Cent, he's not running hip hop anymore. And I think that some songs, they get played out for a certain amount of time. And then at a point where they turn into throwbacks and they start to get more appreciated again. So now that they're more so like throwbacks, people are starting to appreciate these old Ja hits and realize that what was going on at the time, especially in this day of music where everything sounds the fucking same, that shit was actually golden. You know, his songs are the type of songs you and your shorty listen to on a road trip and y'all go back and forth between singing his and the Shanti parts or him and Charlie Baltimore parts and shit like that. Like y'all just go back and forth with that shit. Like it's fun. So, during the Timberwolves and Bucks game last Saturday, the Milwaukee Bucks had a 90s night for their halftime show, and they invited Ja Rule to perform. So, this fool comes out, and, you know, he makes a joke about, you know, oh, it's 90s night, 
uh, you know, I don't know why they, you know, invited the 2000 artists, you know, but then he says, well, my first album came out in 99, so it's all good. So then, you know, after that, he then proceeds to try to, you know, hype the crowd up. So, you know, after he says his spill, you know, he goes like, you know, Milwaukee, are you ready? And then for like five seconds, there's just like a dead ass silence in the whole fucking arena. And then he just has his look on his face and then he's just like, I guess not. <laughs> not a clip. It was initially posted by uh, Bleacher Report on Twitter and everywhere else, wherever you see videos. But like the video has it where it's like, it's so fucking silent in that bitch. It's like you can hear a fucking pin drop. It's like everybody was like, one, two, three, hush. Like, <laughs> so in typical fashion, you know, everyone took to Twitter to drag this nigga, you know, due to the perception of everybody in the arena being totally silent during this nigga's hype up, right? So, so you know, they also have posted another video where they tried to play him and was like, oh, this nigga Giannis came out to take shots during the halftime show and some shit. But then, you know, this is when the responses started. So, you know, <laughs> I thought this shit was funny. So, um, you know, they put they put that video out and then the Timberwolves, their official Twitter page. And I don't know who be running these official Twitter pages on, but the shit be cracking me up. And I think my favorite one is Wendy's because Wendy's be dogging the shit out of niggas. But Whoever runs the Timberwolves official Twitter page wanted to get in on the action of the silence as well. And was going to say, <laughs> so they type up, uh, we too were hustled, scammed, bamboozled, hoodwinked, and led astray. So you, <laughs> because of this tweet, this nigga Jive's going to reply and put out a tweet talking about, oh, your team's cursed. Uh, Y'all ain't winning the championship for 30 years. And Big Cat is leaving, you know, apologize and I'll lift the curse. You got the kiss of death or some shit. So, <laughs> so I don't think Timberwolf said anything after that. But then I don't know what happened, but like a day or two later, I guess the Kings said they wanted some of that work too. Because they put out a tweet. I think maybe they were getting beaten. And then maybe it was halftime or maybe it was halftime. I'm not quite sure. But they put out a tweet that was like, where's Ja? So this nigga gets wind of it. So he's like, so he replies to them and he's just telling them the same thing he told the Timberwolves. But the fucked up part is he's like, yeah, that's why Big Cat leaving y'all. So mind you knowing this, so the King's Twitter replied back like, you know, hoop knowledge worse than the fire, than the fire fest logistics. Yo, I thought that shit was fucking hilarious. Yo, if you ain't watched that fire fest documentary, I haven't seen the Hulu one, but I've seen the Netflix one. And uh, that's some crazy shit, man. Like, and that nigga just did not want to take, like, any responsibility for any of that shit. But but it's like, nigga, you replied to the Kings. Nigga, Big Cat played for the Timberwolves. Like, how the fuck is he leaving the Kings? Like, you could tell this nigga just copied and pasted his tweet and, but, you know, changed who he was adding at the time. And this is just a prime example of why certain old niggas don't need to be on social media and why Ja Rule always getting clowned. That's not counting all the trolling 50 Cent still does, including buying 200 front row tickets so it would be as if he were performing to an empty crowd. Like, this nigga 50 petty as fuck. Like, that beef was something that ignited for some real street shit. And it seems to be something that 50 Cent gonna be holding on to forever. But like I said, man, the tweet that Ja put out, it wasn't as bad as his comments on the Fire Festival because he said that, you know, they didn't commit fraud. But, you know, that's more like false advertising. <laughs> 
But at the end of the day, this nigga job might want to continue doing tours and shit, but stay off social media because it seems ever since he took an L to 50 in 2003, he's been taking L's ever since. Shaking my damn head. <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears? When people like to look past the obvious. So the other day I'm on Facebook and there's this meme or this post or whatever. And it's a check for like $35 and it says to anyone who doesn't think they need to tip when they go out. This is what I make from two weeks of work. <gasps> Shit like this pisses me off for multiple reasons. Well, first of all, I'm the type where in, okay, this might not be a law or a written rule, but some things I would just think you would just think that they're fucking common sense. I truly believe there are two things in life you should never share with anyone besides maybe your family, your spouse, or whoever, especially some shit on social media. These things being your income and your credit score. Both shouldn't be shared because one, it's no one on social media's business. Two, if you make more than someone or your score is high, you're going to come off like you're bragging, which make you arrogant. And three, if you don't make worth a fuck or your credit score really ain't shit, then you look stupid as fuck for thinking you high and mighty to the person who is discreet, pulls in way more than you, and has a higher score than yours. This is something that you don't do. So for me, when I see someone posting their two-week $35 waitress check to social media, it's like, for what? I feel like if you were providing exceptional service for those tips, you would make enough in tips that you wouldn't need to complain about your $35 check to social media. The only other reason you would make that post is to seek attention because, let's be real, if a nigga doesn't tip or doesn't want to split a bill evenly when it's a group of people going out to eat, your post isn't going to change their mind, period. Also, if you feel that it isn't making you enough money because your check is only $35 for two weeks, there are plenty of other jobs to pay more guaranteed money. I'm all for tipping for great service on top of paying for my transaction. But if you signed up for the job, don't go on social media complaining about what you signed up for. And to all you tax balling motherfuckers, I said this shit last year and I'm saying it again this year. I fucking hate y'all. Y'all so hype about getting taxes back, but if you think about it, you're only getting back a portion of the money that you pay to the government. You basically loan them money to, I don't even know what you can look at. it. You basically loan them a big sum of money and they only give you a little bit of it back. That's how you can look at it. It shouldn't really be as much as the hype train as you make it, but you know what? Do you, boo. Assholes. Thank you for listening to the FMFU podcast, the podcast that's from me and for us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, like and comment, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud or Google Play. Also, make sure you get at me on my social media pages. I have a Facebook page, which you can search for, search for from me for us, or you can leave it in a status at FMFU underscore podcast. Also, get at me on Twitter and Instagram at the same at names. That's at FMFU underscore podcast. Remember, people, always keep it a buck, always keep it a thousand, and perception is everything. I hope you have a nice day. It's still fuck y'all.